Welcome to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Cybersecurity affects us all, whether we are at home, managing a company, supporting clients, or even running a state or local government. Join CIS's Sean Atkinson and Tony Sager as they discuss trends and threats, ways to implement controls and infrastructure, explore best practices, and interview experts in the industry. We are here to bring clarity to these complex issues to bring confidence in the connected world. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. I'm Sean Atkinson, CISO here at the Center for Internet Security. Today we're talking about careers in cybersecurity. And um, as an adjunct professor, I often get these the question about how do I get into cybersecurity? And, you know, I'm, I'm entering this field because I've, uh, you know, done some research. I feel it's exciting, taken some courses. And, uh, you know, it's a question I thought we could um, answer today. And there's a lot of uh, excellent guidance out there. But I thought I'd contribute some of my thoughts in this space. And ultimately, there is an element where in the industry we get down to, um, and it's a lot of questions I get from students and those wanting to enter, you know, from a mentorship perspective, how do I get into cybersecurity? Is it, do I simply take a certification? Do I go to a boot camp and then I'm ready to go? I can be hired. Um, And there are a few nuances in that space. I mean, those elements are good. You know, should I have a degree? Um, Should I do a degree in lieu of uh, uh, doing uh, necessary internships, certifications, boot camps? What is the path that gets me into the respective field? And ultimately, it's a, a perspective on building your own repertoire, as it were, in this space. So it's not any one uh, element will necessarily get you a position in cybersecurity, but it is something you need to ask yourself about working in cybersecurity and the elements and skill sets that are required to be successful. So I wanted to give you a few of those and and then give some thoughts on um, building a portfolio as with no experience, how do I get into cybersecurity? With limited experience, how do I move up uh, with respect to a career path uh, in uh, the cybersecurity space? So with that, what I thought I'd do is really talk about some of the elements of uh, what it takes to be uh, in cybersecurity. And one, the biggest one for me, and and this I really live, is is to be a continuous learner. Um, In this space, it's about the next new product service capability, what are the security vulnerabilities that exist in this space, what are the new attack vectors, having all of that and uh, start to compartmentalize and build a structure in terms of learning. I'll give you an example, is no one person knows everything in the space. I mean, you know, we're 20 years past where there were people that were um, complete experts in this uh, respective field. So there are elements of specialization, but there is generalization in security. And I'll give a few examples of that too. One that I think is particularly important is uh, networking. A a basic understanding of networking is critical. And you'll look and you'll see respective certification paths, boot camps, uh, degrees have a foundational uh, element within the space. And I will divide between technical, what we call technical skill or hard skills and soft skills. And uh, the soft skills shouldn't necessarily be called soft. It, you know, uh, in some cases makes them weaker, but that's not the case whatsoever. Um, but in this case, we'll talk about hard skills first. So we go through networking and 
I've always found a knowledge of system administration. So specific in the Windows environment, a good understanding of Active Directory uh, and Windows environments in general, it is going to set you up very nicely. The reason I say that is because we look at the respective market. We look at how uh, compute is distributed uh, within businesses. And you'll see um, from the personal devices, the laptops, the desktops, there's a Windows infrastructure now. Obviously, there's a smattering of Macs within that space. But, you know, you're going to set yourself up for success with understanding Windows and how to manage Windows from an administrative perspective. Similarly, how to manage a network uh, with respect to the underlying fundamentals, TCP IP, and uh, understanding the OSI seven layers is going to help you out tremendously. Now, just having these requisite elements of knowledge is not necessarily enough to get you into the space, right? There are other security-based skills that you need to understand. And those would be, and this is really on your thoughts in the space of where you see your career. And I'll give a couple examples in this space too. So some are, you know, I want to be a pen tester. It's, you know, that's the cool thing to do. It's, you know, we're ethically hacking systems and, you know, we want to exploit vulnerabilities and we want to understand and manage systems at that level. And that's, that's great. Um, and, you know, the offensive security side obviously has a, a lot of attributes. One of the things, though, is I do give this perspective is um, your consistency with respective systems changes over time. If you're going to be an external penetration tester, you know, you're uh, faced with uh, technologies that you're not going to be familiar with and some familiarity. And that, that's going to change over time, right? If you're, you know, consulting in this space or working with external systems, that's going to change. So that may be great. Yeah, I, you know, the more exposure to technology that I have, the better. Fantastic. That, that's a good option. The other element from the blue team, the defender side of things, and, you know, we hear um, representative SOC analysts, and uh, then we can move into digital forensics and incident response. Those are fantastic. And that gives you a, a more frequent use of the same technology. So you get a uh, more specialist or specialized set of knowledge by concentrating and focusing on a business technology stack. And that's, again, that maybe have uh, some aspects or elements that are of interest. And again, with an internal penetration test, uh, you're going to be integrated with new technologies as business grow, expand, and, and you know, ultimately success, uh, successfully see their vision and mission. That's going to be done through, uh, you know, technology upgrades, new technology integrated, management with respect to data. Uh, that is going to help. Uh, again, I think build a cadence where you've got specialist knowledge within respective areas. Uh, within most organizations, you'll see Windows and Linux. Again, Mac uh, could also be in play. The other element, too, is an understanding of mobile devices. Those are managed differently than a representative um, laptop, desktop, or server infrastructure. So understanding those elements is critical, too. Now, when we go into uh, the formal assessment or the fundamentals of security, you know, we want to be looking at respective elements in that space, too. So access control methodologies, cryptography, infrastructure security, building defense in depth, risk management is huge. Uh, and all of these elements are really contributing to a fundamental understanding in that space. Again, um, 
there may be one of those respective elements that you want to concentrate and focus on. Um, so it could be infrastructure. So building and managing network infrastructure to manage uh, security and create defense in depth capability through firewalls, IDS, IPS, um, EDR capability on endpoints and, uh, you know, system management with a security perspective. And that's fantastic. Um, those are uh, admirable qualities. And as you grow uh, in the space and, uh, you know, at, at my level or a CISO level, in order to understand those technologies is critical, but not necessarily at the level of operation. And um, I do tend to fall into operational understanding because I uh, it, it helps me communi communicate with my respective management team uh, in the space. So it helps uh, me curate a better um, cadence. And I enjoy that work anyway. So um, from the hard skill perspective, I've always had a focus, but some may be um, more inclined to work from a governance risk and compliance perspective where Overall operations is important. Understanding what the tool contributes to a risk management and mitigation strategy is critically important. Um, I'm not taken away from that, but the underpinning and the uh, knowledge of the requisite control and management may be an abstracted layer or two away from a GRC professional. Uh, again, audit critical in the space um, and governance uh, another requirement. Uh, it then tends, it, this is going to lean me uh, a little bit. I'll, I'll come back to some hard elements if we have time. But when we talk about some of the softer skills in this space and representatively, let's call these non-technical skills, even though there are technical requirements, from the governance risk and audit perspective, there's an understanding of regulatory requirement. And... Um, in some cases, those are harder skills than the technical in some cases, especially with privacy regulation. But it's important to understand both the context of the industry that you're in and the regulatory requirement that are in that space. Now, if you entering into the industry have a particular focus, say healthcare or um, uh, managing critical infrastructure, there are respective requirements that you would be expected to understand. And really is your due diligence to do the research on the regulations in that space in order to be prepared to enter into um, really that type of career. Now, there may be some where it's, you know, I want to be a generalist and I'm not necessarily uh, care about the respective industry that I'm entering. So that's fine. And then these are other non-technical skills that are going to be critically important. The first being, and I'll add this with communication, but it's presentation skill. The reason I say that, and, and uh, I want to emphasize this really strictly, is the communication presentation element is something that you're going to need to not only convey through interview, but also the associated management within a respective position in information security. There's going to be layers of abstraction that you're going to need to clean with good communication and also presentation in terms of the reason for controls being used, an issue that you're seeing with a particular user of a respective system that's outside of an acceptable use policy, those types of things. So having good presentation skills, but also being able to communicate both to those uh, in a technical space and those in a non-technical space is critical. So building that type of capability is uh, something that I would say is a strong foundation for those skills as well. Project management itself has a capability 
where we want to integrate because at this point in time uh, and what I've seen uh, within industry and, and my own experience is that everything's a project. So as we go through managing respective uh, regulatory assessments, new privacy regulation, updated regulation within our industry, those become projects to integrate, look at the differential and integrate respective controls into the environment. And so as we do this, it really then helps us build this non-technical skill base with project management, with clear communication, with presentation and managing um, a communication narrative that really helps uh, in order to communicate and both be effective in uh, cybersecurity and um, really working across teams. When you're in information security, is it's you're not just working with representative peers within that same group. You are cross-communicating with a number of respective departments, business units, and obviously dependent upon the context. Uh, that could be continuous in terms of your relationships with those respective teams, or it could be based on a projectized approach um, to cybersecurity and integrating security into respective products, services, the management of underlying infrastructure, and as in essence to move the narrative and maturity of an organization forward through those respective areas of security uh, maturity getting to that point um, is not easy uh, and again requires elements of patience, elements of negotiation, conflict resolution and working with uh, respective teams in that space. So the non-technical elements really do um, set a, a, an analyst apart in a lot of cases. So developing those requisite skills is excellent. And what it does is it leads me to advice. So, I, you know, there's respective advice in, in multiple areas about getting a job. And, and you can look, and one of the things I recommend is to be an avid reader of uh, job sites, uh, basically looking at LinkedIn, Indeed, looking at what is required in a respective position. So you could put in SOC Analyst 1, Information Security Analyst, Junior Information Security Analyst, those types of things, and look at what is being required. Now, you'll see some of the extremes where, you know, you'll see... Um, uh, respective technologies that have only been out for the last few years and you need 10 years experience in them. Those representatively we can certainly ignore and uh, again is something that we uh, as an industry need to be better at in terms of providing accurate and relevant levels of knowledge in a, in a space and also consummate with that is the um, salary range and we're seeing states now and, and cities that are required to show the salary range for respective positions and that gives you an idea uh, of where representatively you should set your own bar in terms of your salary requirement uh, and then the uh, underlying effort required in order to meet uh, ultimate objectives. So let me start with education. So this is obviously seen as, as a part of um, representative skill sets and management to see whether your resume uh, honestly makes it in the door and past the first gatekeeper to either a phone interview or in the new, uh, new normal, as it were, the uh, virtual interview um, as well. One of the things we've seen, you know, cybersecurity degree, um, is it 
uh, you know, is the degree worth the elements of a boot camp? Is the boot camp worth the elements of uh, gaining representative certification? Uh, what's the best place here? And in a lot of cases, um, I default to a um, respective position that in a lot of cases, whether there's a degree, and I do believe in degrees myself, I have a few in the space, is that um, I want to make sure that the candidate can either reflect a certain educational knowledge or has gone and done above and beyond in terms of learning in this space compared to with experience. Now, again, one of the things we did caveat is, you know, we're entering into this field but that doesn't mean you're straight out of school. In some cases, people are changing career paths and moving into this in, into the cybersecurity space, given the number of positions. And we see, you know, labor statistics that mention that there are millions of positions and no one to fill them. And so it may be a great opportunity in the space. And you know, I work with a, a number of different students that are in that respective area that are transitioning careers. I work with those that are, are starting their first career. But having experience in certain spaces, working within a business, obviously, um, has its advantages uh, in terms of uh, being in the uh, working environment. But is does that mean that no, oh, um, well, you want me to get experience, but you won't hire me without experience. The reason I didn't hire you was because you didn't have experience. I mean, it's I've seen memes with this, and uh, I think Orange County Choppers uh, is one. And it, it's one that, it, you know, it repeats on, it's the catch-22 is, um, well, you don't have experience, so I can't hire you. Well, hire me, then I'll have experience. Uh, you know, it, it's we we can't make these uh, can't make it appear out of nowhere. And there are a few. So again, we've got education. That's a great foundation. And then when we move into uh, the certification space, um, you know, one that you'll also always see defaulted in this space is the CompTIA Security Plus. Uh, again, uh, as a possessor of that respective certification, good foundation uh, shows a level of knowledge in the space. In some cases, a certification may be required as part of the representative um uh, requirements of the job uh, of the uh, of the listing you'll see others as well when when you get into a few more years of experience um one that was key uh and one i always called kind of a gatekeeper was the cissp from isc squared um a a good one to have uh, the way i've heard it representative uh, represented sorry is that it's a mile wide and an inch deep it does cover a plethora of topics but not in a level of detail so this is not necessarily for specialization but it is to get in the door to working in uh, information security management again in some cases uh, again you'll reflect on that and contextualize your approach based on the types of um, uh, job descriptions that you're seeing there are obviously a number of other providers in this space, such as ISACA. We have uh, GIAC uh, in terms of SANS certification. We have EC Council. We have Cisco with their cyber ops professional and associate level certifications. So there are many different avenues for you to follow in terms of the certification uh, realm. In a lot of cases, um, 
the jobs that I post uh, and will have uh, representative if you do have certifications, that's a plus. Not a requirement, but a plus in a lot of cases. Um, so certification's a good thing to achieve. The other element as well, and one that I often hear is uh, a programming language having, um, you know, something behind you in terms of uh, a representative language. And if you go through a formal degree program in cybersecurity, computer science with a specialization in cybersecurity, my expectation is that you will have um, been introduced or have exposure to a programming languages. But for those that have not gone through that um, without having that necessarily on the resume, it's part of a portfolio. And I'd really like to just entertain this thought with you um, in terms of building this capability. So let's say you're brand new, uh, no experience uh, necessarily in information technology or information security, uh, and you're wanting to enter into uh, that respective field. So you've done your research, you've you know, built a resume, or, uh, and one of the recommendations I would have is contextualizing the resume for the position that you're going for. It, it does show, uh, and a cover letter is always required, even when it says cover letter optional, always add a cover letter, you can go into more detail in order to explain maybe some of the missing experience uh, with uh, respect to your resume. It's always a great avenue for you to provide more information to help uh, hiring managers make better decisions. And, and, you know, if you're the right person for the job or you feel you are, you've got to put that forward, right? So again, in, in terms of our non-technical skill, writing and being able to convey that through the written word is important as well. But anyway, let me go through what I think makes a good portfolio, especially with no experience. So we have access to GitHub and you should be creating a GitHub repository and basically going through and developing projects within a respective language. Now, one you'll see defaulted uh, to in a lot of respects in information security is Python. So it's always good to demonstrate skills in that space. So having a few Python projects there, you know, that you've gone through, either you've got code from another GitHub repository, you've augmented it to do something um, with respect to a use case uh, that you think is important, that's great as well. What I would also recommend, given um, that we now can create our own media channels, we ourselves can be our own promoters, is one of the things without experience that would be very interesting to see as part of a portfolio is a, a set of uh, video tutorials, maybe posted to YouTube. I'll, I'll use YouTube as the example here, explaining some of these elements and how you've gone about learning about them. So I'll, I'll give an example. So, so let, let's say you're on the offensive security side of the house. You want to go red team. You want to go penetration testing, ethical hacking. Um, you know, build some content there. This is what I've been learning uh, and respectfully engage with an audience. Here's questions I have. Here's things I've overcome. Here's things that I'm doing to build my requisite skills in these spaces. And that skill development can come from a really a number of areas. Um, ultimately, you could go to Vulnhub, download vulnerable machines, do a walkthrough, do a video presentation of that walkthrough, or create a report, um, a professional level report, i.e. Uh, back to the non-technical writing, uh, in this case, technical writing, but we're calling it a non-technical skill, is um, creating that report, again, posting it to a portfolio page in GitHub. Uh, here's my assessment. Here's my strategy for assessing using the pen test standard um, 
execution standard to review these environments i.e. what does that show? Well, it shows one, I'm investing my time into these uh, certain elements. I'm recording or being able to convey both uh, demonstrating presentation skills, as well as the format of reporting, the professionalism that I want to bring to a representative organization. The other element that I also recommend is if you look at representative skills in the cybersecurity space uh, and necessarily you see one as being your weakness, well, then I think that's the one you should concentrate on. Using that to inform respective recruiters is I had difficulty in the space. Uh, you know, I wasn't uh, an example being cryptography. The mathematics behind cryptography, little difficult for me to grasp, i.e. what I did is that I went to learn those. And one of the things you could apply here is the Feynman technique, um, famous physicist um, who would say, in order to understand something, obviously you have to do your representative research, but then explain it to a five-year-old. Um, that shows a level of a mastery of the underlying topics that you can not only present the, and understand the technical levels, the deep down uh, elements of that respective topic, but you can translate that into um, a presentation that would be understood by someone that doesn't have the requisite skills or understanding. And if you fail at that, repeat. Um, and it, it's, um, again, I may not be uh, specifically giving the exact elements of the Feynman technique, but it's close. And so one of the elements here is being able to represent that through a portfolio of your own work through GitHub, uh, again, recommending, obviously, it's free, create a YouTube channel, uh, demonstrate these requisite skills, create an underlying portfolio, both from programming, both from technical knowledge, and also uh, these non-technical skills of sharing that information with the community. And that's what it's all about, is giving back. Um, uh, and I think that's uh, particularly important. One of the ways I try, uh, again, is uh, being an adjunct professor. I, I like to understand these things and being able to teach them to representative students in the space is hopefully one way that I can contribute and, and give back uh, elements in the space. So as we talk then non-technical skills, we are also uh, showing problem solving, especially when we're downloading and working with vulnerable machines. So VulnHub is a great repository, you know, um, grab a Kali distribution, a Parrot distribution, install that as your uh, ethical hacking machine, download VulnHub to VirtualBox. VirtualBox is a free virtualization environment from Oracle and basically start going understanding both the technology, but then also understanding how to representatively attack systems. Now, in a lot of cases with VulnHub, you'll see walkthroughs. So it's not like you're, you know, kind of stuck on something. You can walk through what somebody else has done and, you know, try and recreate it in the same fashion or look at different attack vectors. These are things I investigated Ultimately, they turned out to uh, not be the right method. But what you're showing is critical thinking and problem solving, two massive skills in information security, no question. Being able to do that, again, representatively, you're demonstrating capability in this space. Now, we could go then on to uh, other uh, capabilities and other systems and training providers, such as those like Hack the Box, very much similar. Again, a hosted environment, you have access um, to um, a representatively attack a machine through um, private VPN. Uh, and uh, try Hack Me, very, very um, 
a very well-developed and integrated platform, not only for learning, but demonstration of skill going through the representative tasks. And rather than being a virtual machine that you have to go and basically attack, TryHackMe sets it out in, in a representative stages, so it gives you a, a more palatable approach to the uh, respective subject that you're learning. Uh, in TryHackMe, you see a number of different paths, the security fun uh, fundamentals, computer fun fundamentals, red team, blue team, a lot, I, I mean, a number, I think over 400 what they call rooms of learning. Uh, and so it's just a, an environment that you can immerse yourself in. Now, that's all well and good. Um, ultimately, you'll say there is a cost to these things as well. There, there are free versions of the capability, which are good, but to get to access to more functionality and, and harder or more in-depth um, topics and tutorials, there is an upfront cost. And, and, and basically, it's the, um, you know, you have to spend money to make money or invest in yourself in developing these requisite skills. So my recommendation is to you know, do the free versions of whatever exists. Get a feeling of the type of work, the type of tooling, the type of um, information that you're going to need to understand to see if this is the right fit. One of the recommendations I do have is if you're just seeing this as a way to make money, it's a great way to, to make money successfully. There are paths that you can traverse in this space uh, rather quickly, a quick velocity in terms of career progression. Again, that is moving between different organizations. Um, or if you're in an organization that fully supports your career growth, that's fantastic uh, and gives you, um, you know, those elements to make um, make a, a reasonable wage. And uh, obviously, as you go through and there's more states and more organizations that show the salary ranges, you'll see those as you know, as you start to progress from level one junior all the way up to senior director managers and things of that nature, you'll see obviously, there's a scale of uh, pay salary in that space. Um, but if that's all that's attracting you to this, it's a very hard job in terms of just working for the money, uh, because uh, ultimately, in order to earn that money, you've got to be present uh, and have the requisite skill and dedication to the role that's required, um, you know, from any respective organization. The continuous learning, as I mentioned, is really my first point of this um, uh, podcast it is, um, I, I can't uh, overstate the fact that that is uh, a condition, it is you will need a continuous learning mentality and mode. And to be continuously integrated into this is, um, is challenging. You know, you'll get to layers and elements of burnout. It, it's, you know, I'm, I'm consuming so much information. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, training providers out there. There's, uh, you know, a plethora of certifications that I want to take. I want to start a degree program here. These all are expensive. They cost money. It's required in time. And, you know, where do I start? Where do I stop? In, in a lot of cases, you start with the fundamentals, as we've mentioned. Ultimately, and I love this uh, saying, is um, cybersecurity is not a destination, but a journey. And that's the journey never ends, uh, literally um, up until 
respectfully retirement, uh, you know, be, maybe being a little dramatic there. But that's the journey that you take with uh, information security, cybersecurity in this space. It's continuous and you've got to uh, that's the expectation that's ultimately set now. Uh, Ultimately, it's, you know, your decision as to the time and investment that you want to put into this. And there are other things, right? Family, we want to have that work-life balance. Uh, and those are respectable. And any uh, organization should respect those needs. And there are some that take advantage, um, obviously. Uh, there are some positions that you'll go in to start your career that'll be um, shift-based. So you may be on the night shift for some things. But uh, again, over time, uh, you've got to get a feel for where you are and if it's the right decision for you. And uh, ultimately, you know, these are years of investments um, that are required in terms of getting to a level of proficiency, not years in terms of getting a, a respective position, but in terms of building um, your respective skills in this area it does take years. Um, you know, you'll see boot camps that you could be ready in a few months respectfully that that's uh, only the surface uh, you know there it's the tip of the tip of the iceberg uh, until you get into this space there is a lot to learn uh, and there's a lot to um, really respectfully follow in the space as we enter into new realms of compute and we've we've talked in previous podcasts of um, machine learning and artificial intelligence we've talked privacy regulation data management as all of these start to take more effect within uh, and responsibility becoming part of an information security analyst or respectfully an information security team's role that then does obviously require you to have a level of understanding. Now, you don't need to be necessarily professionals and understand them to a, a certain level or have a degree in all of these areas. It's, it's just too much. But uh, you do need to have a, a requisite vocabulary in order to communicate and work effectively with experts in these spaces so that you can convey requirement, control, risk management, uh, and also re regulatory um, needs that the organization will have. Uh, and so, again, being able to translate and, and be an effective communicator, critically, critically important. Now, as we also look um, in the space as well, and we'll uh, look to adjourn here for, um, for this particular podcast, but what we want to do is we want to set a, a pace and a cadence that's reasonable. Uh, again, we'd all love, you know, let me, uh, you know, take a microwave of this information and just put it in my head in minutes and then I can be ready. I can be appropriately attuned to respective organizations in terms of uh, either career transition into information security or cybersecurity, or if I'm new and I think this is a path that I want to take. And those are great. I think there's a few steps here. And by all means, there is a plethora of information on, in this space, um, key elements that you should focus on as getting into uh, cybersecurity. So again, we've got huge skill gap we, we, that needs to be filled. These are uh, very uh, good paying roles. They're in demand. Um, there's starter certifications in order to get your foot in the door or at least be representative that your resume is being reviewed, um, ready for uh, that second layer uh, or second level interview. Um, 
presentation, communication, critically important, understanding project management, and that in itself is its own discipline. Uh, but having requisite knowledge in that space is only going to help uh, effectively um, show capability in that space. And again, you know, it just comes to mind here, um, you know, a YouTube video that you're doing to show the integration of information security and project management as a way to convey not only the technical and non-technical skills together, but really represent your um, critical thinking uh, and problem solving elements, uh, you know, a, a very good topic um, to choose. And representatively, you can speak on any of the topics that interest you in the space and you have a venue in order to show and demonstrate that requisite knowledge and skill um, to more than just those that are hiring. This, you know, on YouTube goes out to a community. And in a lot of cases, we've seen a lot of great security podcasters out there um, doing uh, blue team, red team, um, development, uh, network security, plethora. And, you know, following, uh, you know, their example is going to be great for anybody in this representative space. Um, you know, going through and learning a language. Ultimately, I'd mentioned Python be a default in, in cybersecurity, but it doesn't hurt to work in JavaScript either. We see everything in JavaScript in the web application space and um, uh, web-enabled solutions. JavaScript, another role, but also can be applied in terms of web development. So, uh, you know, couple that with HTML5 and CSS3, um, that gives you another potential career path. Again, its own discipline. So, uh, you know, that that's ultimately a balance um, for you, but it does give you options as well. We've mentioned boot camps, college, self-learning. Uh, there are certain paths there. Uh, ultimately, uh, I do see a lot of barriers with uh, having a degree as being a requirement. Uh, again, that may not be within your current time frame or budget. Uh, again, these are decisions that you're going to have to make. And representatively, there's information online that can help uh, walk you through those uh, pathing possibilities to get you to a point where if it is self-learning, then how do you represent that self-learning? Again, I think a portfolio uh, of uh, work um, can help um, at least communicate that as well. So we're in a very important industry. There are a lot of jobs out there ready to be filled. We have our basic requirements that we've mentioned. We have a great outlook in this space. And ultimately, I think it's a great time for anybody wanting to entering, uh, enter uh, this respective industry because we've, we've, I mentioned earlier the new normal. Uh, and you'll see a number of positions, a number of organizations that have moved to fully remote. So it wasn't, uh, you know, maybe we go back five years um, just to demonstrate, you know, I didn't have to move to a major city in order to get access to the respective position that I wanted to. Those positions are now opened up uh, from a remote perspective that you have choice. And so I think it's a great time to uh, really exploit that opportunity as we've seen a lot more remote work, it gives you now um, access to a lot more employers uh, in a lot of diverse and different environments, both geographically and uh, with respect to the industries uh, that you have access to as well. And ultimately, there are some that require, um, you know, uh, people to be on-prem or their employees to be at work in a physical location. 
again, ultimately, it's your choice. If, if that's the industry or that's the respective uh, organization that you want to work for, those are some of the concessions you're going to have to make in order to um, uh, get uh, get that work, get uh, you know, be eligible for that representative position um, is uh, relocation. Then um, you you know we're also looking at uh, other elements in the space, and and one of the things I, I do want to go back to, and I mentioned it, uh, I did mention it previously about loading and working with a Cali or Parrot distribution. Uh, my preference is Cali, uh, but each to their own. And obviously, with these being free, you can pick and choose as to what uh, meets your needs uh, in the space. But it's also working in the Linux environment. Very important. Having access to a free operating system with, I think, over 400 tools, at least in the Cali distribution, gives you access to working with both the tooling, a Linux environment to get your Linux skills uh, up to a respective level. It just, uh, I mean, the opportunities are out there. And it's this time that we're in that we have access to the data, to the technology, to uh, really uh, an audience in the space that we've got to take advantage of and, and really that I want to see you take advantage of in this space as well. And then as you develop over time, you're going to start to look at, you know, respective specialities. We all, in some cases, start out a generalist of mine. Um, I went through a governance risk and compliance for many years. Um, again, as I mentioned, you know, I then looked at it from an operational perspective in order to understand the operations. I felt it gave me an opportunity to understand and contextualize the control in terms of auditing that respective control, we, there was a narrative that I could work with uh, respective owners uh, of certain audit criteria within an organization. And so that was one of my motivations. Now, do I know that to an expert level? I certainly do not. Um, but I spent my time specializing in governance risk and compliance in order to build an audit capability and my understanding of a number of technologies. And again, I went through degree and certification path in order to express uh, that knowledge to representative employers. And so as we end, um, you know, a few elements there, I'd be certainly interested. So um, certainly uh, let me know your thoughts and feedback at podcast.cisecurity.org with your thoughts in the space. And if there's any particular area uh, that you'd like to focus with, uh, with respect to the podcast in terms of advice. But with this podcast, we'll call it done for today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, remember to sign up and subscribe to the podcast in all the normal ways. And with that, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey, or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit our website at cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.